think that song probably came out close when you were born. What? Uh, I don't know from the snippet I got. I know I know it. I don't know what Everybody it's wants mm-hmm. to rule the world. That one? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I know that one. Um, Tears for Fears. You know what I love? Tears for Fears. What? I love when people on the internet um, like cover a song like that uh-huh. with a unique instrument. Yeah. So there's a really cool cover of this song by an instrument I don't even know. It feels like probably Persian in origin, the okay. way it sounds. Okay. I'll find it for our listeners later. Yeah, find it. Um, um, what does it look like, the instrument? Um, I don't know how to describe it. 85, that's when it came out. Really? Really? That's two years before I was born, 85? Yeah. I'm going to find that. But, well, this is the continuation of our 80s theme openers. I hope everybody's loving them so yeah, much. Yeah, I hope we've had, I mean, I feel like we've had a lot of 80s stuff lately. Well, that's the, um, the genes are coming back and the mo- the the songs are coming. Marilyn Manson covered. Oh, yikes. Did they cover Everybody Wants to Rule the World? I don't know. No, they covered um, Sweet Dreams by Annie Lennox. Sweet dreams are made yeah. of this. That song? Yeah. Who am I to, to disagree? disagree? Um, Here's that word. Here. In and a hammer dulcimer. Oh, yeah. Have you seen this? A ha- it's like a drum. A hammer dulcimer? Right. I don't know. It doesn't sound like a drum to me. Oh. If it was in the drum category, it'd be like the steel drum neighborhood. Well, it's not like a... I want to be good at whatever these are. This is Ted Yoder, in case anybody's <laughs> wondering. Okay. Look at this thing. Oh, he is, he's got two sticks. You're right yeah. there. Yeah, it's um. It looks like like piano strings on a flat board, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of the percussion family. Yes. You know what this was then? You've seen one? Oh, you taught music. You've probably seen every instrument. Well, my 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 like bachelor's degrees in music. So. Hey, um, you know what cover I love? What? I love when the two Johnny channels. Cash. Cover? Well, every yes, hurt Johnny Cash. Time. <laughs> but um, the cover of um, uh, Thunderstruck by Two Cellos. I love anything by a cello. Yeah, well, you would like that band. You know, I saw them live in concert. One of my concerts I've seen. You did. Lindsay and I went a couple years ago. Yep. Can I? Obviously, um, pre-pandemic. Can I mention a good cover? What? It is. Uh, oh gosh, it's um, Shoshana Bean is her name. Okay. And a wo- Cynthia Arrivo, okay. and they're singing a Taylor Swift song, and it's just strings behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, could you could could you look it up really fast? Yeah, I'm gonna sit down on the mic then. Okay, Shoshana Bean. It's like S H O S H A N N A. Okay, what's the song? Uh, <laughs> I think I did something bad. And it's a really those, cool. Those gals right there? Yeah. Should I hit this? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm into any of these um, string cover things. Yeah. Why well, recognize this song? Maybe. It was a, po- a popular one of hers. It was a single. I've never trust a narcissist. What about Shake It Up? Is that this? Uh, no. So I play him like a violin. I'll make it look oh, like, how far do I gotta get him to get to the chorus? Um, 
I don't know. Um, hold on, it might be at the end of this time. Like this verse she's singing. I can feel the flames on my skin. Crimson red paint on my lips. If a man talks shit. Oh, sorry, listeners. Here it is. This is the chorus. And if, yeah, if you skip to the end, it's like really big, which is cool. Ooh, good moving around. She got a good play. That does seem powerful. It's I'm going to cool. give it a full listen later. This is, uh, speaking of covers on Taylor Swift, did you see when she covered the Mumford song, Sign No More? Was it recently? Maybe it wasn't, no, it wasn't Sign No More. It was something. If it was a no, long time. No, it was four, five, ten years ago, I don't remember. Okay, if it was a long time ago, I'm sure I saw it, but yeah. it didn't. I don't really remember it. She, uh. <laughs> har, har, what's that one? Har, 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 uh-huh. That one she covered. Yeah, that's all of them, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> she covered, uh, there's a pretty famous recording of her doing, what is it, Tears of Jupiter, the train song. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's been covered by a few people, but that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a cover. You know what other one people do that's weird? What? Black Hole Sun by um, Soundgarden. Mm-hmm. Is that who did it originally? Uh-huh, I think so. Well, um, oh, speaking of a great set of covers in a television show. Sorry, listeners. This is not on the agenda. <laughs> we did not. <laughs> but, man, uh, Westworld Season 1. Uh-huh. They did Black Hole Sun. They also did um, Something I Can Never Have by Nine Inch Nails. It was un- unreal. Um, and then they do, that's the Vitamin String Quartet. That is a lot of it. Oh. So, okay, we better move on. Well, that. also, you know it uses a lot of covers, but in, like, strings? What? Um, Bridgerton. Okay, I'll have to add like that to the list. All like popular music. Yeah. But they re- had someone re um, record it in like with strings. Oh, speaking of this conversation. Okay. Uh, I think my friend Sean Palmer, pastor Ecclesia, one of them. Okay. He um he did a thing like his thread on Facebook or maybe it was Brian Mann, one of the two. Yeah. It was like uh, songs where the cover was better than the original. Fascinating list. Sure. And some vehement would... disagreements erupted. Really? Oh, you, you people that like defend the original? Mm-hmm. Oof, that's religious commitment right there. Yeah, of course. What would you say was like a disagreement one? I don't know. I, I, I didn't lock any of them in. I didn't get involved because I didn't have the energy to do that kind of stuff. Okay. You know? But I just remember thinking, oh, but Hurt by Johnny Cash was on that list. I feel like that one is sort of, it almost feels widely accepted. Yeah, that's that that cover is like better. It, it than. helps that it got Trent Reznor's blessing, I think. Publicly. Right. Yeah. Um, well, anyhow. Uh, hey, guess what I saw this week? Finally. What? Black Widow. Oh, oh speaking of covers. What do you think? <laughs> what do you mean? Speaking? I don't know who the band is, but the title sequence uses. Um, and the end. Uh, they use. American um, Pie. No. Oh. Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. Oh. Yeah. But it's like a very subdued feminine. It's very well done. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. And it tells like the story of her training. You know, the music is. Oh, right, right, right. The music is. um, 
really integral to that movie in a subtle way. Yeah, no, it's um, Marvel is, I think, thinking about how to make their movies watchable now because of the plot points are pushed so far as we've discussed. Uh-huh. But um, like the, the artistic attempt on some stuff in this was great. Like, I'll bring this up again. So I'm watching this movie, which is a newer Marvel movie, and it's a backstory, right? Right. But it's right. kind of like if you go back and watch the first Iron Man where he's like, rooted in terrorists and it's like oh this is the world we live in right yeah because it was like early 90s or early 2000s right and then i go back now and i think about the eternals coming out uh-huh. I'm like oh well this is all like pocket change like current world politics because it just doesn't matter like yeah. thor's power glove or right you know the eternals of powers or at least it's just getting so meta i'm having a hard time really it's like oh these are just cute little stories now it's almost like reading comic self i think they're right i think that's the goal i think the goal is to do be doing both of those things for um marvel telling large stories and individual stories and individual because like you know at some point i think the the power dynamics get lost like if if I'm not going to pick Black Widow because I don't want to get into a feminist battle. Um, I want, who, who would be uh, lesser powerful? Okay, Hawkeye. Is that his name? Sure, yeah. Or, like, I think Spider-Man is a good example. With well, the, even like him, the, though, like, when he fights Doc Ock, I mean, here's, like, a right. crane-sized arm that stabs him and he's fine. Okay? Right, okay, sure. No, that doesn't count. No, I'm talking, like, Hawkeye. Okay. Who, you know, great killer, best, like, American sniper, whatever he is. Right. Like, the most trained human possible. He would get obliterated with like one hit from Hulk or Thor right. or it's not reasonable that these people exist in the same world. No, no, not reasonable. But there's a lot about the world that's not reasonable within itself. So. <laughs> that's true. There is some suspension of belief to watch those, I suppose. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I did see it. I did like it. Did you? Um, here's one question I have for you. Spoiler alert. So okay. plug your ears if you care. Yes. Yeah. Here's a spoiler um, for that. I'm always interested in the plot devices they drop in to make things possible. So the reason mm-hmm. she couldn't beat up the guy at the end was because of the pheromone thing. Yeah. Like she couldn't stab him. So she bends over and breaks her nose on the desk to cut the nerve so that uh-huh. she can't smell. Okay. Uh-huh. Why didn't she just hold her breath? That's a great question. I mean, I would have to guess it's probably a whole hard your body probably breathes pretty naturally while you're fighting you know yeah but she could she's powerful enough she could just get take a breath one hit and then right then take another breath i think that was just a, a plot device they didn't think through yeah yeah i think so too what did you think of florence Pugh? um here's where i tell you i don't know who florence Pugh is <gasps> the sister oh she was great yeah, I think she's amazing. Yeah, I was um, also surprisingly against uh, spoiler everybody, Here's but not if not if you've seen the other movies. Um, at the end of this film, uh-huh. sister goes to visit um, Black Widow's grave uh-huh. because if you've seen Infinity Wars, or is it Endgame? I don't remember. Endgame. Yeah, you know that Black Widow dies has a, has a uh, Black Widow death. Yes, and. Um, Anyways, um, she goes to visit, and that was uh, sort of a, I was surprised how cathartic it was. And, oh, really? Uh, well, just like, oh, she's she's gone, we miss her. Yeah. Know? And I here's thought, another question. I mean, okay. How would they have retrieved her body from the extra dimension of death to get that soul stone? There's no way. So that's just a headstone there. There's no body there. Right, yeah. There's. I think there's definitely no body there. All right. Um, I wouldn't have put that the headstone there, other than that's the description of a real mom's headstone. Oh, Okay. I also think uh, she should have been in Arlington. Um, 
No, she's pretty like anti government, I feel okay. like. Well then maybe that wouldn't have been a good fit for her. Right, yeah. Um But also I think uh I think Florence Pugh has the funniest parts in the movie. Yeah. Like that scene where oh. she's like kind of injured but she's like, Why do you always pose like that? You know, she's like, it's like a sexy fighting pose you don't need to be doing. Oh, that was some good one-liners for sure. Yeah. I thought, and maybe it's like, for the same reason I love, um, I love, um, who's the, the professor in Harry Potter too? who's such a dork? <laughs> a dork? Yeah. Uh, the one who plays Gilderoy Lockhart? Yeah, Lockhart. Okay, yeah. Lockhart. It's the same reason I love Lockhart. I thought David Hardage was hilarious. Hysterical. He Har- is it Hardage? Har- I thought it was Harper. Oh. Harper, Oops. David Harper. Just conflated him with the president of the BGCT. <laughs> oh, different, different. David Harbor. No, because like it was um, right. There was some self reflection there. The very I'm into myself and yeah. I can't get over the fact that I'm outdated and yeah, that I'm irrelevant now. Yeah, like that was very funny to me. Yeah, it was all so interesting. I thought. Yeah. And then the reveal that like it was you know she was really kind of mm-hmm. the mom was really kind of the one running the show. Well, and you know it's wild. What? Um. I guess we're doing a lot of spoilers at this point. Sorry, guys. Uh, so um, I'll just note that in the plot note or the thing notes or whatever. Okay. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, you know, we, we just watched The uh, the Mummy with Brendan Fraser from like the early 2000s, oh my late gosh. 90s. Yeah. Okay. Well, Rachel Weisz, uh-huh. that's like one of her first major movies. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, it was interesting because we, we were watching this because we just came back from Universal Right. We, we rolled that ride, which is one of the better rides there, I think. Oh, cool. And um, the kids hadn't seen it, so we thought appropriate. Yeah. And uh, the older kids. Right. And she's in it. And then sure yeah. enough, boom. I'm like, I, I even said, Lindsay, I don't know what she's doing anymore. I don't hear from her. Then I turn on the, the no, Black Widow. The there Black she Widow. is. Did you watch by yourself or with, did anybody else watch with you? The whole family watched. Oh, okay. And they got mad at me for being the least engaged. <laughs> I just need plot points at this point in life. I don't need the... You know, especially Marvel movies. I see, I see, yes. They're kind of the formula. Bad guy does this, bad guy does this. Deeper bad guy is actually responsible. Get to deeper bad I guy. I didn't love... History bad guy. I feel guy. like um, I liked all of it except, yeah, the the really bad guy at the end seemed really flimsy to me. Well, I, I respect that, though, because, like, right, it's like Lex Luthor. Not everybody can be this Thanos formidable... Yeah, I, I don't... I was all that. I just, again, I'm not sure what to do. I guess this is just the new world I got to live in with uh, Ten Rings. I will say I like Ten Rings better than Black Widow. I have heard a lot of people say that. And it wasn't that Black Widow's bad. It's and just... that, you know, I saw a thing the other day that um, the movies that have made the most, like, surprising amount of money mm-hmm. for Marvel are, like, um, the stuff they've done that's, like, not exactly held the closest to the market research. Like, yeah. Black Panther was not a movie... That the market research said they should make, but they made it anyways, and it got them like more money than. Well, I wonder if it means maybe their market research is among white people. Right, exactly, because it was also about the Ten Rings. Right. It didn't. It didn't suggest right. that. You know, there's a lot more of the world than Europe and North America. Yeah, certainly at this point, especially. Um, also, but do you know there's some drama with the movie? Which one? Ten Rings. No. Um, Black, Black Widow. Widow. What's the drama? Well, she had signed a contract uh-huh. that was about, um, like, ticket sales. Oh, I had seen something. I didn't read up. I saw the headlines. What was the... the so, the contract was, like, for however many ticket sales 
you know, she got a certain amount of money or whatever. Okay. But then they also released it on Disney Plus. Oh, and she didn't want it released on Disney Plus. And well, they didn't. Nobody like amended the contract. Ooh, court. To say she has officially like sued them. Nobody amended the contract to say like, and she gets a certain amount of Disney Plus like money views or whatever. I'll be real interested to see how this gets ruled. I know it. Well, we're in a different time, right? This couldn't have even been a lawsuit like pre-COVID, or it wouldn't. But there's got to be even in the old model some court sort of expiration um because things would naturally cycle out of theaters and then they would become available on no they well the issue that she the thing she's saying is the issue is that they released them at the same time did they they released it onto disney plus because i feel like it just became available on disney plus the same well it just became available on disney plus for free oh but you could pay like thirty dollars oh, or and something. And she's not getting any of the Disney Plus revenue. Yeah. I bet you they did some research on how people are watching movies when they made that deal. Yes. Yes. Well, I think they made the deal before they like. I think they made the choice to release it on Disney Plus after. Yeah. So. Well, good for her suing them. I think so too. I hope they give her a lot of money. I hope they give everyone a lot of money. Me too. <laughs> well, there you have it, Black Widow, my friends. Black Widow. Um. Okay, lots of sports to cover. Yeah. So I'll try to do this fast. First, did you hear about the Packer game? I didn't. So they they played the Bengals. It okay. Was, the Bengals tied at twenty two to twenty two with like two minutes left. Oh my And goodness. within the last three minutes of the regulation, and then in overtime, which almost went the full fifteen minutes, the two kickers combined to miss five consecutive field goals. What? Some of them from like far away and reasonable misses, um, although certainly makeable for their talent levels. Right. But um, for being and like then some of them short, and then in overtime, Mason Crosby, our kicker, finally made it with two minutes left from like yes. forty nine yards. But it was wild. He missed three before he made that one. Can you talk about a headspace thing? Yeah. And he missed an extra point earlier in the game. Something happened. I wonder also, what does it feel like to win that game? Because I can imagine, like, if the Cowboys won a game like that, I would be like, this feels like it barely counts. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it matters a lot for the playoffs, I think. But if, well, I know, as a player, if I'm Mason Crosby, I'm probably punishing myself. If I'm a fan, mm-hmm. I forget about it because I won. You're just glad that you won. Your yeah, team I won. have concerns, but I'm they won. Yeah, I think that's true. But also, it's like, in the moment, it's like, oh my gosh, we just played so poorly Yeah, that it's horrible. Uh, I was really proud of Baylor. They looked solid. They looked great. I don't think West Virginia's good, and they were home, but again, win the games you should the way you should. That's something. Exactly. And it made me think that, like, um, uh, you know, uh, BYU lost. They can win that game. To Boise State. I felt like they can win it at home, and which I feel like Dave Aranda, I don't know if it's Dave Aranda, if it's the fan base, if it's whatever, but like it seems like they are playing, you know, they're really taking advantage of a home field advantage. Yeah. And um, they need to win one of these next three. Yeah. Texas, Oklahoma, or BYU. Well, I don't think they need to do anything. They were two and eight last right. year. Do you know what I mean? I'm just saying, though, to keep the really yes. exceeding expectations. Yeah, I think it'll be fine if they lose all three. But yeah, if but they if can they win, win all three, that would be amazing. They won all three. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant one of the three. Yeah, one of the three. If they win all three, that they, would be like crazy. I don't know if they travel to Norman and Austin. I'm not sure, but I don't think they can win both those. Um, no, Texas and OU are both here. 
Really? They have four home games in a row? Um, I don't think so. I think we just were at home. Then we have BYU at homecoming. And, and then we have Tech and no, I don't think OU. Texas and OU are the next two games. They're the next two games, maybe? Well, then I don't know. I was just talking. I was just looking at my tickets. So I, I mean, don't remember. I'm sure we'll figure it out. I'm sure at some point someone will tell, us how we're tell me when I should go to the game and yeah. who they're playing. And well, then let's I'll keep through, moving through sports. Okay, great. Here's a crazy fact for you. I, I love the fall for so many reasons. Uh-huh. One of the reasons I love it is because around the weekends, there's just so much sports. There's yeah. all the football games, but then there's playoff baseball. But I was thinking about this. This is how dominant football has become. Uh-huh. Okay, the ALDS games are going on. The NLDS. This is like uh-huh. the semifinals of the pennants. So not uh-huh. the World Series. Like the, the game before the game to go to the World Series. Right. So the Boston Red Sox beat the Tampa Bay Devil Rays in 13 innings. So four extra innings. 13? Wow. And I didn't even hear about that till the next day because it wouldn't show up on ESPN's homepage. Right. Isn't that wild? That's how when popular... Did they, when did they win? On Saturday? Saturday, yeah. It just can't compete with college football. I mean, it's because uh, Texas OU was so crazy. Well, there was and crazy games. Al- right. And Alabama and um, A&M. And um, Iowa-Penn State. Was a field goal top two teams in each of those divisions? Yes. Um, well, not top two in the SEC, but um, but oh, yeah, there right. was three wild games that were just great. Yeah. Um, I will say, my dad went to A and M, mm-hmm. and I just um, I still very rarely root for A and M, but I it oh was yeah, so- I I root against Alabama more than I cheer for my team for anybody. <laughs> yeah, I um. Yeah, I, me and Kathleen had gotten home from the game, and it's like I was doing something to get ready for church in the morning or Sunday school in the morning, and um, Kathleen was doing homework, and I came out, like I saw, you know, ESPN or somebody sent me a notification, and I just thought at halftime, I thought like, well, I should go, like, just watch, you know, yeah. and a couple minutes later, Kathleen came out and she was like, are you watching Alabama A&M? And I was like, yeah. She was like, I just saw that A&M's winning. Yeah. And so. And, you know, sometimes like teams that are not as good can get ahead because the other team makes mistakes and they just happen to have all. No, they were beating them. Yes. Yes. Their defense was getting to the quarterback. They uh-huh. were. Yeah, it was. It was impressive. Their offense was executing. They mm-hmm. could move the ball. Right. It was not like. It wasn't like three fluke plays. Because of mistakes. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Although I will say, I always feel, I I don't know how to, I don't know what this says, but it's like anytime someone who's supposed to win loses, mm-hmm. I like root against them the whole game. And then at the end, I'm like, that is so sad. No, I don't have that at all. <laughs> they can They can drip their tears into their. 35 trophies <laughs> yeah i know i know i don't ever feel bad enough to i like... think i feel about alabama the way you feel about billionaires <laughs> okay okay wow yeah that is telling that's telling i yeah. see but that's great then you I mean, know how you should feel about probably, billionaires there's probably much more uh, much less ethically to be debated about alabama <laughs> than there is <laughs> about billionaires. Alabama, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just, that's my disdain anytime anyone gets mean though i hate that i'm like these are like 19-year-old boys, oh, yeah, you guys. No, I totally agree. It's yeah. like we lose sight of Of course, right, yeah. Okay. And not even like 
like 22 year olds are young too but they're all of a sudden getting paid millions of dollars it's like well your money can compensate for your hurt feelings <laughs> yeah that's true that's true okay let's uh nba top 100 i've clicked on these are separate links on espn's there the one i want to talk about is um the 50 to 25 okay okay so the bucks did we talk about this already no not at all um f- uh, my boy on espn's list drew holiday was 22 which i oh, thought was okay. way too high that does feel... And Chris Middleton was 19, which I also thought was too high. That feels very high to me. I'll also. tell you what the craziest thing about this whole list is, okay? That Giannis is after them. No, he's he's number two on this list. Okay. Which I, the top five, in case anybody cares, is um, Durant, Giannis, LeBron, Doncic, Curry. That's the top five. The, and these are current? Yeah. Okay. I think that's probably close to right. Yeah, that seems close to right, right. for me. Okay, 29, mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook. Okay? Oh, okay. Like... And at first glance, I think about that, but then guess who's twenty eight? Um, who? Ben Simmons. Okay. In what universe would you take Ben Simmons over Russell Westbrook? Um, some people really love Ben Simmons. I get that he's tall in his guard, but he can't shoot. Some people, I think he's like one of those guys that either he will live up to it eventually. Well. Or he will. Um, People will stop talking about him the way they talk about him, which is like kind of breathlessly. Some people. Who are you calling? Oh, Elliot crying. Of course. No, I think that's a good point. If you're like building a team, but I think I still would take Westbrook. He was an MVP like four years ago, three years oh, ago. Oh, I would take Westbrook. Absolutely. He's probably running a cross country meet or something. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, we'll wait for him to not answer. Um, but like then, okay, all these people who are in front of him are better than what, what, Russell Westbrook. Jalen Brown, no, he's not. Brandon Ingram, no, he's not. Um, I feel like Westbrook's one of those guys that gets like no respect. And I kind of was a no respecter for a while, but he's better than. Where did the rest of my list go? <laughs> oh, it was through twenty five. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But anyways, that was my biggest beef with the whole list. Is Westbrook? There's some other things I would have complained about. Well, there's Ellie. there's a lot of things I um. I used to hate when it was like, um, you know, in OKC when it was like Durant and uh, Westbrook and Harden. Westbrook and Harden. They won the MVP three years in a row, those three. Each of them. Can you imagine? Um, No, of course not. We never have more than one good player on our team. Um, And they weren't Durant, Harden and Westbrook at that point. But no, they weren't. They were young. Um, But Westbrook was like really rude i felt like like it was not always fun to watch because hmm. i think he was young and cocky and blah 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 yeah but then they all slowly left one at a time and he stayed for a long time and i really obviously you know as a mavs fan like really respect that and like eventually it felt like the fan base or in, and the team and you know the whole sort of production or whatever said like yeah go wherever you need to go um but I just always respect a guy who will stick it out someplace. You know what I mean? I am with you 100%. Yeah. So far, Damian Lillard, Nowitzki is like... Nowitzki and Duncan are the models. Yeah. Those are the seminal figures that did it the right way. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, there are some guys who want to stay and they get cut, and I don't blame them for that. Sure. That's, of course, not their fault. Um, or, yeah, traded or whatever. But then, like, kudos to Cuban for recognizing Dirk's value towards the end of his career just to keep him around yeah yeah there's something exactly. to be said about management that makes that decision mm-hmm. 
Okay, what are the other thing we want to talk about today before we get to quiz and commercial is um, scary movies. <gasps> well, because it's Halloween. Are we talking about scary movies or Halloween movies? Well, this is an, I, I immediately had this interesting thing. Like there are categories. I think so. There are horror movies. Yeah. There are suspense movies. Sure. There are scary movies. Yeah. And then there's like cerebral thriller movies. Sure. So I, of course, am most amenable to the cerebral thriller. Same. But I don't like I don't like scary movies at all. I don't either. I think horror movies, which are usually kind of the same, are terrible. But then I was thinking like Tarantino movies are gory, but they're not scary, right? Right. It's not like the Hitchcock thing where the the monsters off screen and you f- live in fear. You know exactly the whole what's happening. Time, just right. like, he likes blood. Yeah. And then there's like gory movies, like I think Robert Rodriguez and. Um, well, Tarantino to some extent. Yeah. And then, but then like sheer horror movies like Friday the 13th and I never got into those. I hate those movies. No, I don't like those either. I even saw Scream as a teenager and was still much more impressionable then and I did not like that movie either. Yeah. Like now I watch it and see it as kind of kitsch. You're right. And kind of, it's like over the top. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, oof. So I have some notes for you and but, then I want to hear you. Okay, well, I would say there's if we're talking about Halloween movies, then there's like another category. What's a Halloween movie? Which is like um Oh, like um the witches one. Witches, yeah, or like Hocus Pocus. That's what I meant. Or oh, okay, okay, okay. The Hocus Pocus movie is a Halloween movie. Yeah. All the sh- all the DreamWorks specials I really have snuggled up to over the years. Really? We watch those with the kids. Yeah, I love Hocus Pocus. There's Charlie also Charlie Brown. Yeah, it's a great pumpkin. Yeah, Charlie that's Brown a great classic. Yeah, and then Halloween Town is a Disney Channel like. There were like it's like three Halloween Town movies. There's really a whole world sort of built. So. You know what um, movie people just love, and I suppose it's Christmas. I just think it's so dumb. What? Nightmare for Christmas. Well, and that's also a question. Like, is that a Halloween movie or is that a Christmas movie? I think it's most commonly a Christmas movie. Also, I don't like it either, but people love it. It's Burton, right? Tim Burton. Uh-huh. I mean, it's definitely like that Enya 5 weird palette thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably like I can't. I'm not smart enough to see the art there. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, or weird enough or yeah. whatever I'm supposed to be. Yeah. There's a quality I miss that's it's like, like the, maybe the four or five wheelhouse right there. Yeah, certainly. Um, well, that is another. So, do you have a favorite Halloween movie? Oh, far and away, Hocus Pocus. Lindsay's, I think, feel like is into that too. I watched it for the first couple of times, and like now I do it because you know it's what you watch on Halloween. Right. I feel like there are other Halloween classics though that I maybe not thinking of. Did you see that Hubie Halloween? We talked about it last year, I think, on the podcast. Was it last year? Yeah, Adam Sandler. It's on this list, like very high up on this list of Halloween movies I found. Yeah, I think it's because there's not a lot of specifically Halloween movies. Yeah, probably so. Um, okay, well, what about E.T.? Do you consider E.T. in the Halloween? That would be Ooh. one you could get out on a Halloween night. Yeah, I feel like you could, yeah. I don't know. It's like Die Hard, I guess, or okay. what's, oh, I hate you know what I mean? Christmas. You hate it? Yeah. Yeah. But E.T. feels like it has some Halloween themes. Yeah. Die Hard doesn't really. But like, um, you know, like an alien or whatever. Oh, I'm getting a call that I have to take from my wife. Let me hit pause on her. Okay, that was my lovely wife. Mm-hmm. Calling to let me know she took allergy medicine too much. So be careful, Lindsay. Is she okay? It was an accident, but yeah, she'll be fine. She just said I'm going to fall asleep at six. Okay. okay, while we were talking, though, I Googled thir- 
Because if you Google Halloween movies, you get the scary ones. You do get the scary ones. But I ones. did 13 Nights of Halloween, which I think is an ABC family thing, or it used to be. I don't know. But yeah. here's what they have, okay? This is kind of my level of scary movie. Of scary. Casper. Yeah. Adam's Family. Adam's Family Values. Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Goonies, that's a stretch. Charlie and Chocolate Factory. So I think they're just using this in Umbrella is kind of weird. You weird know? movies, yeah. Monsters, Inc. Monsters, yeah. Ghostbusters. Oh, that one feels right on yeah. the uh, Tim Burton's Corpse Bride. Okay. Um, let's see what else. Matilda. I love Matilda. See, this is the thing. Tim Burton's getting a big play on <laughs> Halloween. It's kind of his thing. Maleficent. Did oh. Maleficent Part 2. The Craft. I saw them. They sh- are showing The Craft? I don't know what that is even. That's a scary movie. Well, that's on at 1130. That's like for the committed watchers. I see. I see. Decorating Disney Halloween Magic. I would actually enjoy that show. I love behind It's the how scenes. they decorate the park? I'm guessing. I would love that, though. I think you would. You know they do it all in one night? Well, it's because they're Disney's just crazy. Yeah, they have to. Simpsons Treehouse of Terror. What? No. Friday night. That's a Freeform premiere. So it's on Freeform now. Casper. Shrek. All the Shrek movies are on here. Freeform is uh, ABC Family. It's like what it's called now. Oh, okay. Well, that would be make sense. Uh, so those are some Halloween movie ideas for you guys. Yeah. You're welcome. Ghostbusters 2. Again, family I do recommend Hocus Pocus. You know what I think? Okay. You know what I'm going to return to this year? What? You, you know how The Office had like the best Christmas episodes? Yeah. You know who has the best Halloween episodes? Who? Community. Really? Yes. Yes. You know, Parks and Rec has some good uh, Halloween episodes too. Yeah, that's right. They did. Yeah. So that's probably what I'll do this year to get ready. That's fun. Um, ooh, Jaws, Alien. Jaws I think it's a little more intense as you get Jaws closer to Halloween. Scary. Yeah. So, there's some. Oh, there's a lot more we didn't talk about. The Men in Blacks. Mrs. Oh. Doubtfire. I oh guess she's wearing a costume. Men in Black. I yeah. love those movies. The House with Clock in Its Walls. That was yeah. Tra- Hotel Transylvania. We like those. That Our kids like those. Scary. I like the um a few weeks ago I was with C. Grayley and we watched we were watching the Adams Family. There's like a new cartoon, Adams Family. Yeah, they're making a comeback. And I liked it. So okay, well we probably spent too much time on screen. But here's what I was gonna tell you. A couple of qualifiers for me. I still have not seen very ashamed to say, get out. I was that's on this list that I was just looking at. And it is so good. Yeah. It is not gory. Yeah, no, I think I, I've, I'm convinced now. It's kind of like, what's the one that John Krasansky and his wife did? Yes. Um, hiding Place. Quiet Place. place. Hi, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> hiding Place, that's Corey Timber. <laughs> um, no, I would. I think I would see those now, maybe. The Quiet Place? Yeah. Or A, a Quiet Place? Um, yeah. The other thing I was going to say is I don't watch scary movies, right. but in terms of an actually scary concept, just because we continually move towards being an op- post-apocalyptic society uh-huh. <laughs> is the purge movies seem just um yeah interesting at well least. Be, be, well and because like i feel like we have crazy people who would get into that yeah and love a chance for 24 hours to kill whoever they want yeah so what i should say about get out though which i was definitely going to recommend before we left this topic is that for most of the movie it feels like a sort of couple like a girl taking her boyfriend home to meet her parents movie that's what i've been told yeah so um a couple other things yeah like so i've also noticed i fear now very different things like i said i watch scream and it's kind of kitsch um some of the scariest tv for me Uh and scary is the wrong word terrifying i should say sure were black black mirror episodes 
Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Because they are rooted in... A, Real. Uh, yeah. And it's like, it's like anticipating what we could become. Kind yeah. of with the technology. I yeah. would say, um, same thing about this. The, the movie I had the most trouble going to sleep after I saw uh-huh. was The Road. The Road? Cormac McCarthy, The Road with... Oh, sure. Did you see that? No. And it's because of, like, it's my deepest fear of, like, being in a world where my, my child is abandoned and alone. Right, yeah. That is, like, the worst. Yeah. Um, that's true. I guess your fears, like, at some point, rando killer movies stop being the scariest thing you can imagine right kathleen saw the birds when she was very young and it has she doesn't like bird i mean it has affected her real life yeah i get it yeah i think because i grew up in my um pentecostal charismatic world Uh i have a different response to movies that portray evil through demonic forms Uh than i probably other people and and that you think they're scarier yeah and i think like "Mm, there might be like something there I think I feel that way about movies with the, about like movies where the evil is like in a demonic form. I always feel, I mean, I just feel like I don't, and maybe it's for a different reason, but like, I always feel like, I mean, scripture talks a lot about demons and in a lot of ways I tend to think like that wasn't a real experience, but then it's like, but I don't know. It seems like that's a reality within the world at some point. Do you know what I mean? I just don't know. Well, and I think sometimes things that are really unnerving for me is when, you know, I think a lot of times the image of evil in scripture is chaos. Right. But there's something particularly unnerving to me when the chaos seems to have taken a kind of form Mm -hmm. in its evilness. Mm -hmm. Like there's intent and there's like, an attempt at a kind of bizarre artistry in the evil. Mm-hmm. And I think those sort of, that's mimicking a deeper, terrifying reality. To me. I think so, yeah. Yeah, those movies are scarier to me than just like a killer. Yeah. Well, thanks for talking those. Hey, I wanted to give you kudos before we go to the quiz. One last thing. Oh, yeah. So last year we did an episode just on the vaccine. We did? Before the vaccine came. Okay. And I was kind of like, why would we do an episode on the vaccine? Um, really? I didn't. Well, I just it did. I couldn't conceive of what the the conversation should be about. Uh-huh. But now this week, I saw Kyrie Irving is not playing for the Nets as of right now. Really? I mean, it's not like he's off the team, but he's every day he refused to get it. He and, can't play, and he's not going to get it. And then the other thing is, you know, there's rumors that Southwest has had to cancel so many flights recently because, because of, of a pilot. Sh- yeah, personnel shortage because of the vaccine mandate. Yeah. Well, this is making a big splash in different ways. Yeah, that's true. And Governor Abbott just, <laughs> did you see this? Yes. Yeah. They were talking about it at the, when I was at the. The Florida Day? Yeah. That's crazy. I know. They read some proclamation and I was like, get me out of here. But we hadn't done the thing for my grandfather yet. That's wild. I know. So kudos to you for having the foresight to kind of know that the vaccine would be a political splash. Yeah. I don't know that I could have known. Here's a question for you. Okay. Had Trump got reelected, mm-hmm. do you think there would be as big a resistance to it? No, but I don't think he would have done a good job of rolling it out. It's interesting because, I mean, he has on record saying get the vaccine. Not at this point, he is. And I just wonder, I mean, I guess there are different kinds of objectors. Well, I think... But also, he's on record as being booed when he said, yeah, no, get I the know. vaccine. So maybe not. Maybe they wouldn't take it. 
Yeah. Um, I do think at some point in August, a lot of Republican politicians came out just and said, like, take the vaccine, take the vaccine. Yeah. And I think it's because, you know, the stuff we started hearing from medical professionals was like most of my patients who are passing away or who are dying from the disease mm-hmm. are uh, unvaccinated people. Yeah. And at some point, I think it became a reality that like if you're telling everyone you know not to get the vaccine and i mean if you're an elected official that like if you're telling all of your constituents not to get it at some point yeah you are i mean you are responsible for like the deaths of the same people who voted you in you know what i mean and i think that was i don't know i don't know what that was but i think it's something to reflect on at least um yeah um yeah okay okay the quiz time quiz time <laughs> quiz time remember the first few episodes when i had like noises prepared <laughs> We're, but just like you made them still though. text of terror <laughs> oh yeah we did kind of drop that ball we did. We moved it's on fine. to we, other. We were exploring. We, uh, you know, we heard back from the people, and we. We did our market research. Yeah, we did our market research. We did an impact study. Yeah. Okay. The I have this quiz. I have it listening. That is. Um, I'm so excited! I love being quizzed. You, it's like my favorite thing. I know. Um, I think it's the quiz. I'm not sure it's the same one, but I think it is. The quiz we got from Alex Lux a couple weeks ago. Would you survive a bear attack? Oh, that was a quiz. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's a quiz. Well, we didn't follow up on that. I, well, I just said there's a, I did. a video from Alex Lux. It wasn't a video. It was a quiz. Uh-huh. I think it was a quiz. And yeah. Did she say why she dropped it in our message box? Were we talking about bear attacks? Well, I showed you. Alex is a very good internet friend. And she... Oh, were we talking about bear attacks? Like what prompted her to think, I should give them a bear attack? I think it's just like because it's a quiz. Oh, okay. And we do quizzes. Yeah, all right. I'm ready. But if I'm wrong, Alex, let me know. Um, Okay. Yikes. Looks like you've disturbed a sleeping grizzly bear. Better act fast because this guy does not look happy. What do you want to do? Run away? Stand very still and make... Yourself large? Not make any sudden movements. Look around for a weapon or jump into the river. Also, I want you to know I took the quiz before and I did survive the bear attack. Well, um, I think the correct answer is to not move suddenly. But okay. here's the thing. If the river was moving fast mm-hmm. and I was sure there were not like um, like boulders that would kill me, mm-hmm. that's the right answer. Okay. Um, I, I don't have any like... Uh, qualifying yeah answers about the river i'm gonna say the standstill standstill and don't make any sudden movements okay it looks like standing very still was a good move the bear has calmed down it's sniffing you now but it doesn't seem enraged oh my god this is terrifying yeah okay your options are continue to stand still or pet the bear you just gotta keep standing still don't don't pet the bear (laughs) Okay, okay. kind of idiot pets the bear? I don't know. Um, a moment passes between you and the bear. 
A moment you can't quite explain. Is this like a flowchart where if I suddenly answer wrong, it's like, you're dead? I think so, yeah. Okay, so I'm still alive. Yeah, you're still alive. It's as if for a brief minute, you understand each other. You've connected on some deeper cosmic level. You standing there, him standing there. Why is it a bear, male bear? I don't know. Um, okay, so we're connected. Yeah, two voyagers from different species co- um, convening Oh, convening on the grand stage that is Earth. Though you've never met before, <laughs> it has the feeling of a reunion. Together, here in this moment, you've come home. Okay, there's only one option here. Okay. So okay. what you're going to do is close your eyes and contemplate this deep, almost spiritual connection. That's my only choice? It's your literal. This, you know, I was, maybe she dropped this because last week was St. Francis week or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's like one with the animals. Okay, I'll do that. Okay, great. Still alive? Uh-huh. Uh, your eyes are closed and you're deep in contemplation of nature, of nature's splendor. But suddenly you hear something, a voice calling out to you. It's human. Look out, yells the voice. And just when it sounds as if it's right behind you, you, again, there's only one option. So you open your eyes. This is like Calvinist quiz. Yeah. Calvinist quiz. (laughs) Okay. You got two options this time. Okay. Oh, no, the bear is eating the park ranger. Quick, now's your chance to get away. What do you do? Run away or stay and try to help the park ranger? Um, if this is a survival thing, right? Yeah. I run away. Well, what would you do? I would run away. Okay, great. <laughs> you would survive a bear attack. Yeah. I think I would run away, too. I mean, I think there's so many subjective pieces of data there. But, I don't know. It feels very, like... I just wanted to win the quiz. I don't know what I would do. Okay. I would probably make sure I was safe. Okay. Because, honestly, if the bear wanted to kill us both, it could. So, like, I'd have some leverage or a rock or something. Uh And I would use um, ammunition of a sort from a distance to try and get the bear away. Away from the park ranger. Yeah. But also, it does seem like the bear is already... Let's see. Can we? Should we see what happens if you jump into the river at the beginning? Yeah, let's jump in the river. Okay, jump into the river. I've seen the revenant, so it doesn't take <laughs> a lot for the bear to kill you. No, bears can kill you very easily. Yeah. You plunge into the river. Good thinking. The bear isn't swimming after you. What's your next move? Oh God! Yell obscenities at the bear. Mm-hmm. Give the bear the finger or celebrate your survival. Celebrate my survival. Okay. And, well, that's weird. Why is he waving? The bear? Yeah. What kind of weird kind of quiz is this, Alex looks? <laughs> the look, bear's waving? Look downriver. That's the only option you had. Oh, no. A waterfall. No, I knew there wasn't a waterfall. Race, <laughs> yeah, you would know that. Look, yeah. you would know where waterfalls. I'm a good map reader, and I really take surveys of land. Brace yourself for going over the falls. Or curse the bear for your misfortune. Brace myself for the falls. Yeah, that's smart. You would not survive. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't. Okay, I asked this question though. Okay. I said, are there any boulders downriver that didn't kill me? Also, waterfalls. Right. Yeah. Well, no. I would still take my chances of the river over standing to let the bear sniff me. I feel like I would be so still, and the bear would still eat me. That's what I think would happen too. That's what I think my life is like. Okay. 
Well, Ugh. thanks for that quiz, Alex Lux. Yeah, thanks, Alex. We are bear survivors. Yeah. And um, Darwinists, only the survive. Only the strong survive? Yeah, because we were smart emotionally and Mental- mentally. Mentally strong, yeah. Yeah. All right, Taylor, well, I got to tell you this. Okay, tell me. It is time for it's- a word <gasps> from our sponsor. Our sponsors! Taylor, yeah. you know what time of the year it is? It's fall. fall. That means I'm getting outside and I'm doing home projects and I'm working on my house. And it's inevitable that not long after I get out there, I realize I'm missing a, a piece of wood something. or a tool or a screw or a nail or something. Right, yeah, so and many things. Where do I go to get my solutions? Where? Not Lowe's and not Home Depot. You <laughs> want to know why? Because those places hire people who run away from you when you're into the stores. <laughs> I want to go to the cheers of hardware stores. I want to go course. where everybody knows where my everybody name. Where everybody knows your name. So I go to Circle Hardware and Lumber on, i got to bring my computer closer, 2504 LaSalle Avenue in Waco, Texas. Oh. So you do one of those little circle circles by the um, Magnolia Bakery or the Magnolia Restaurant. Yeah. And you come out, so you're coming back down LaSalle towards Baylor. And right, uh-huh. right away on your right, there's the Circle Hardware 2504 Great. sale. Or give them a call to see if they got what you need. Yeah. At 254-754-5658. For the best service and the greatest prices. <laughs> and if you want the Dunder Mifflin hardware stores, you're going to want to go to Do It Best yeah. Circle Hardware Store. Or the store. Cheers of Hardware Stores. Or the Cheers. Pick your metaphor. Yeah. And we're back. Woohoo! Wow, what a great sponsor. Thank what a you, great sir. sponsor. Also, you know what popped into my head? What? Dunder Mifflin. People. <laughs> what is it? I don't people know. People, places, paper people or something like that. I love that model. That's such a good model. What a great TV show. <laughs> truly. What a, a better show than Parks and Rec and a higher rated sitcom at all time. So rude. And no, not better. The same. I really can't believe that you got the data you did on that survey we took. <laughs> yeah it's like the same right yeah yeah well anyways here we are here we are um here's what i want to talk about okay so my reading my newest read yeah is uh richard Rohr's trinity book divine dance so okay. far it's old hat i don't want to toot my own horn but i know all this i even down to the specs on the rublev painting knew all that <laughs> okay the mirror in the middle the colors of the three visitors all that right um but he has this thing about paradigm shifts. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And when they happen. That's And I remember before she passed away, mm-hmm. um, Phyllis Tickle talking about the great emergence. What a gal, Phyllis Every Tickle. 500 years, right? Yeah. So there was the, um, what happened in 1000? Was that like a east-west thing divide? Uh, yeah, I think so. And then you had the Reformation. Okay? Yeah. And then it's 2000 all of a sudden, right? Yeah. Yeah, the late church councils around four something. Right. Right. So roughly five hundred years. But they had some of the councils into like the six hundreds and seven hundreds. Oh yeah. So, yeah. I so. mean, there's councils, but the big ones. The big ones. I see it was three twenty five, but then Chalcedon was four thirty eight, I think. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I said yeah. Like for sure, definitely. I don't remember. Well, I think I do remember. Okay, great. So I might be wrong about Chalcedon. If we were well, at home, I would. Go Siri. look it up. Or Google or Alexa, is that her name? Yeah, Alexa's her name. Yeah, I would do that. But anyways, so I would say it's hard to recognize when you're in transition. Sure. Right? 
And there's some, we did an episode last year about post-Christendom culture. That's on the way. But that's just mm-hmm. like, a, I think that's a Western reality. That's not the story of South America and... I was going to say, yeah. Africa true. and Asia. Okay. Right, yeah. Different things so happening let's in not different parts of the world. centralize our religious experience for the sure. globe. Absolutely. That being said, faith expression is evolving. Yeah. Here's my one question. And this might be a my perspective question. In fact, I'm sure it is. But we're going to ask it anyways. <laughs> I feel like... Great, I love it. Orthodoxy is very much a negotiation right now. What do you mean? Well, so not a lot of my circle, I would say, believes in an explicit literal hell. Okay? Sure. Um, not a lot. Uh, I would say most people in my circle, again, it's a very specific circle, okay. certainly a minority one in, in Waco. Okay. Um, are universalists. So they are. Yeah. Yeah. And the one that probably gets me the most, and I'll say why. Okay. Is are not well. Atonement is certainly uh, out the window if if hell not defined. Okay. Sure. And then um, I don't think people are bought into the particularity of Jesus. Okay. Right. Sure. So, for example, do you mean other Christians, or do you mean like in general as a society? I think Christians even like. Right, yeah. In my circles. I was just asking the question, yeah. Yeah. But, like, I had a meeting last week with somebody, and they were asking questions about queer identity. Yeah. And so, like, I, I start very basic. Right. Right. I'm asking about their parents. Do they support them? Right. All these things. And then I get to, like, so what do you believe? You know, because sure. if I'm going to give them help, I have to know what they want help with. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to ascertain if they believe Christian things, not because I'm trying to get them to be Christian, but Just like to know where they are. They're, they're hung up on scriptural things. Right. And I'm like, if you don't believe Christian things, you don't need to worry about what the Bible says. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I got a generic ish answer. Okay. Um, I had to do some leading. Right. Sure. But I really noticed this in our group. Where there are a couple individuals where I'm, I'm literally, they, I ask them why church, and then they tell me, I'm like, but why church? You could do that at a boys and girls club, or you could get what you're looking for here or there. Yeah. And I think, um, for me. Our group? What what group? My Wednesday night group? Church oh, groups. is that the, that's the thing? Yeah. Okay, sorry, I wasn't sure. Yeah, sorry, I didn't define. So, I'm like, I'm in this for a very specific reason. Sure. That has to start with Jesus is the son of God who came to take away the sins of the world. Mm-hmm. I'll talk about the nature of sin. I can be loose with that. Mm-hmm. I can talk about the way the problem is rectified. I can be loose with that. Mm-hmm. But that's about, in that statement, all I'm willing to negotiate on. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case with the majority of people anymore. No, I think most people are navigating all of it. Yeah. Including th- those things. So here's my question. Sure. Why... Are people still trying to do church if they don't believe in the particularity of Jesus? Um, if I had to guess, take a stab at it, you know, uh-huh. um, I, I do think still people feel as if um, uh, religion and Christianity in particular mm-hmm. is the thing that formed them spiritually. They feel that part of themselves, a need to be formed in that way. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing they know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they don't really know it is my thing. They know the cultural feel and experience of church. Yeah. 
their theology is not integral to their belief system. Well, just because it's not integral to their belief system in the same way that yours is integral to your belief system doesn't mean that it's not integral to their belief system. Do you... True or false? Okay. Most of tradition would say to the average nominal church person, Uh which... Not you're going to hell. Uh Or not that you don't have a relationship with God. But what you actually believe is not Orthodox Christian theology. Sorry, can you like... Rephrase True or false? All. Okay. Would most of Christian tradition mm. say to the nominal average Christian, and I'm using air quotes, mm-hmm. listener, say to them, you don't actually believe Christian Orthodox theology? And thus you're going to hell? No, I said that. that not the hell thing. Not okay. you're going to hell and not, not even you don't have a relationship with God. But you don't what believe. What you believe is not Orthodox? Yeah, you don't believe in Orthodox Christian theology. Okay. Sorry, can I ask one more clarifying question? All the clarifying questions. Okay, great. Uh, Are you saying like uh, most like studied Christians? So So if I put, fine, it's just a panel. It's Bart, Aquinas, Luther, Calvin, and um, Augustine. So I've got a widespread in terms of. I'm actually not interested in what those men said. But like, I guess my more more real question to me is like. St. Teresa of Avila. No, no. I'll what, put all women on there. You don't understand. Okay. Well, I'm not. Well, it's like what I'm not interested in is like these people who spent all their life studying. Okay. Like, are you asking, would a pastor or a priest mm-hmm. tell like Christians in America today? Yeah. Or are you asking, would they have told? Would they have said that to people in their time? Do you know what I'm saying? Today. Today. Yeah. Okay. Uh. I'm not, uh, I don't think so. I don't think they would say that. That they don't believe in traditional Christian, or that you think they would affirm their belief in traditional Christian orthodoxy. Yeah, I think so. Really? Um, yeah. I think throughout the course of time, it's like, uh, I think of that Annie Dillard quote um, that Jamie uses for Good Friday. It's like, um, there's nobody, there's no former, like, more holy times and we are not in a less holy time i think the reality of most pastors and priests throughout the course of christian like throughout the course of christianity as a religion um like realistically have been doing the same work we've been doing which is just to say like to encourage people in their belief whatever it might be um really yeah, I mean, not the people you listed at first. Like, they care very deeply about orthodoxy. But you think most pastors and priests in history don't care what people believe? No, I think they care what people believe. Uh-huh. But I think their goal is to just help them in their belief and not, like, condemn them. I, okay, like, let's just think of Waco, though, right now. Okay. If I went to 100 random churches in Waco, uh-huh. 90 of them are going to have a very specific ask of me and what I believe, confess, and say, and all these things. Um, probably. So. Not like, but I don't think they'd tell you, like, to your face, you're a heretic. No, because there would be pastoral. That's but, what I, well, but, but they that would was, try and talk me into getting what they needed out of me in terms of my epistemic commitments. Yeah. Well, they would ask you, I'm sure. But I don't think, 
on day one, they would be like, you can't come here because you don't have the exact right No, I'm talking right in generalizations, though. I think there is a contentment with ambiguity um, of belief now like there isn't been before. No, I don't think so. I mean, they were making all of it up in like the, like, and like truly just like in the whatever. Let's. Yeah. And they were dying for what they made up. No, but I don't mean like they were making it up in that way. I mean, like, I feel like in the 1200s, it's like every village had a priest they just sent there who was like trying their best. They were trained. They were trained, but like not um, perfectly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Like I'm sure just in the same way that when every seminarian leaves seminary and gets into a new position, they're like, oh, this is much harder to do in practice than like when you're just thinking about it, that that's how those priests felt too. And also a lot of it was just like, um, it's always been like, uh, not always, but, um, a lot of it has long been like just tied to sort of like city, you know what I mean? Like to the function of a society. Yeah. And you, I, th- so you think theology is utilitarian more than it's, um, transcendent? <laughs> well, what a question. I guess I think I have to say yes. Okay. Um, I mean, I respect, I can see a, I mean, I think about the evolution of the church's position on slavery and women and now the queer community, I can say that's true. But I think about the creed. Yeah. And I think, no, that's still exactly what I believe, more or less. Right. With the exception of maybe hell. And yeah. what I mean by hell. Well, I guess that's what I'm saying is like, I, I don't think I think it's like completely utilitarian but it is right like we have to we certainly admit that theology is inspired but it is made completely by humans do you know what i mean yeah okay i have another question for you okay this is i have less of an edge here so if i know you sometimes get suspicious of my question asking i didn't feel like you had an edge except for when you no i didn't think you did but sometimes you think i do you feel like i'm setting up questions to trap you yeah. This and I think I'm asking less theologically and more sociologically. Okay. Although I still am interested in theologically, if you care to comment. Okay. Um. So sometimes I'll read an interpretation, a new interpretation of something, anything from a particular hermeneutic, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to name one because I don't want to get in trouble with anybody. Okay. But I'm like, I get done reading the statement, and I'm like, okay, y- you just have walked so far from a traditional notion of Christian expression. Why not just say, hey, I'm starting a new religion and and the Bible is dead because it's patriarchal and it's sexist and it's um, archaic. Why try and push the envelope and say, here's the newest Christian meaning? Yeah. I don't get it. Like, just give up if you hate it that bad. Well, um, like, why be rooted in something for its historical value if you don't really like anything about its historical value? Well, I'd imagine because it is important to that person, even if to you it feels like it's not. But to be connected throughout the years and say, you know, we've had ongoing revelation and we know things now that we understand, you know, Jesus better now than we did 2,000 years ago. And um, and I'd imagine because Christianity is important to that person. But if it wasn't, I think they would leave. 
Why wouldn't you? I mean, I guess I agree with you. I just see it kind of differently. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Hmm. I do think it's one of those things where it's like what they value must just be different or they come at it from a different place than you do. You know, it's just one of those things. It's like walking. We are all walking through the world so differently. Yeah. Um, And it could be that the hermeneutic and the script of Christian faith I've been handed already assumed my status and privilege in the world, right? Sure. So I didn't feel the need to amend it in any way. I guess, yeah. But I'm also like, if I were that frustrated, I think I just would quit and do something else. Which some people do. A lot of people do. But I'm just like... I think that makes more sense. It has more integrity to me than like trying to reshape the thing to become what I don't think it is. Well, but I would bet that the people doing it do think it's what it is. They're like, we should, this is what it was supposed to be all along. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the truth is sometimes I want to be a binder and sometimes I want to be a looser. A looser. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that makes sense. I have, I just have my few dogmas. You do. And I think that I have a greater sense that those dogmas are no longer dogmas for a lot of people. So I'm in my stream. And I'm like, that's the point. I was like, why are we doing this? Like, why do you still care? Well, (laughs) to be fair, I also think that sometimes it's like people don't know why those things are important about Christianity. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they haven't been, they haven't been theologically educated yeah and so they're like why can't we just do this this feels like it makes the most sense and it's like um okay well here's 10 reasons why the church would have historically told you it didn't make sense do like do you do the are those compelling to you yeah um well i will I say an interesting observation I have thing. Okay. I'm going to use a term that pisses you off. Me? Yep. Okay. One thing I have observed, I think mostly about millennials. Sure. The term millennial does not piss me off. That I don't c- include myself in it. Makes I'm, I am a millennial. Yeah. I just don't. Um, yeah. So I think I, it's fine to describe millennials. So uh, one, well, here's what I began to notice in my premarital counseling. Okay. So I well, do, you know, most of the people that are doing premarital counseling right now are probably Gen Zers. Gen Zers. Yeah, but I think people are getting married later. so That's true. We're still late 20s. Okay, yeah. Um, but fine, Gen Zers too. But most of my experience has been with millennials in my 14 years. Right, yeah. Okay? Fair. Um, I would talk about faith, family systems, um, sex, money, finances, and communication. Right. So inevitably, and the faith discussion, Sure. I just ask them to narrate that experience, and then I try and dig for you know mm-hmm. pieces of things but um what i find most often is that people's faith expression comes to most fruition and meaning for them not when they i ask them what they believe but when i ask them how they want to raise their children yeah which is bizarre to me like i understand it but it's bizarre to me it's weird to me that that is now the mechanism that really elicits from us what we believe how we believe it, and why we're going to believe it yeah I will be fascinated, by the way, in 20 years to see what their children believe. Yeah. Because here's another thing I think that I don't think people have quite reckoned with. 
people want a certain thing for their kids out of the church right now Uh that is pretty foundational and form still yeah which makes sense from the studies sure um and and they kind of want it even to be the way that they were raised with some nuance right okay right like not the garbage right um because they want their kid to have that experience and choice but the number one predictor of what their kids are going to believe is not what form or substance or church environment they put them in it's what their parents believe and their kids are going to know it. Yeah. Well, it's what the adults around them believe. Yeah. It's like what the data says. Yes. Um, and so it's like, hey, like if you don't really actually believe this. And if all you, this effort and if you don't making, live it out with your kids. Yes. If, if you don't have a liturgy for life, it's not going to matter that you brought them to church. Right. Yes, I agree. And I think that will be interesting to see. And I know... Uh, I have a friend who grew up going to a church here in town, and she told me, you know, they all studied, like, their Sunday school class would be about world religions, and they would study Buddhism, and they would study, um, you know, uh, why can't I think of other religions? Hinduism? <laughs> Hinduism. Shintoism? Hinduism. Yeah, they would, Jainism? <laughs> they would study all those things. And that person has since told me that, like, they are one of the only people from there youth group like from being growing up as a child and being in the youth group there that is still a christian because a bunch of them because the things they were taught were not like explicitly christian and we have all the like brain development data to know why that is the case yeah you know mm-hmm. um so i do think it's very interesting the things the things i mean you know like I don't. I shouldn't get it on a soapbox, but the things parents think they want for their children, mm-hmm. and what they think they're going to do for them, versus like the reality of like, yeah, what someone carries into adulthood from their childhood. Yeah. So. Um, I had another talking point, and now it slipped my mind. It's probably a question about. Orthodoxy? Yeah, what we believe, children, parents, raising, etc. I'm a little... Okay, I guess... I guess... I guess this is like... I'm a little surprised because you have so... uh, Like, I feel like owned that um, format that we talk about so frequently. About like, you know... Fundamentalism to mysticism. Fundamentalism to mysticism. Okay. Yeah. And um, yes, I feel like I have owned it. Yeah. So what's the question? Well, then the question is, what p- place do you feel like strict orthodoxy plays in mysticism? That's a good question. I think it plays Thank a you. generous orthodoxy. Yeah. Um, but it's a return to the tenets. Sure. And it's still a deeply held conviction in which I'm going to orient my life around. A second naivete. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I think that orient my life around is the difference. Right? Yeah. Like, it doesn't occur to these people I'm thinking of. Right. That you would behave a certain way because of who Jesus Christ is and, like, the authority Christ has over your life. Mediated to you through the scriptures and the story that's told about salvation and redemption. People are very into the perceived ethics of the New Testament. And Jesus is a good guy. Uh I don't get the sense that people are into the ontological life-changing power of Jesus in a spiritual sense that comes from the evangelicalism we grew up with. Yeah, if I'm being honest, I do think about that sometimes. And it's sort of like, I guess not capital C church, because there are churches that 
talk about that all the time. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't just mean us, I guess, when I'm saying this. But I do think it's like the church in this time, I don't think does a great job of explaining of explaining that very thing. Yeah. That like the way that like because of who Jesus is and what we believe about who Jesus is and what Jesus did, that that affects our lives and the very way that we live them out every single day, mm-hmm. you know? And it, I think it'll be interesting to see how that problem is addressed. Yeah. Especially if like there is sort of a lack of like the same orthodoxy that has worked maybe for 2000 years no longer addresses that in a way that is meaningful for people. Yeah. Here, I think I've thought of a different way to say this. Okay. Um, I think about that Richard or Rob Bell podcast from years ago, very formative for me, mm-hmm. in which Rob Bell had him on and talked about the seven alternative principles of the new orthodoxy, as it was called. Okay. Something like that. And I think, okay, Richard Rohr, new orthodoxy, like this is all the things, right? Uh-huh. But here's the thing about that. Everything he says, mm-hmm. and some of it is very much in a loosening tradition, is all centered in a world in which an individual has invested his life, thought, and his being into the work of Jesus. Like that's why that makes sense, right? right? Mm-hmm. So it's like for me it can still resonate even though there's some changes because I know that Richard Rohr is engaged in Scripture. And right. knows the work of the spirit mm-hmm. and is doing these things. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I think what I would say is I think for a lot of folks now, sure. their Christianity is represented by a moralist Jesus. And I don't mean that pejoratively. Sure. I mean, Jesus offers a really compelling set of ethics in the New Testament that they like to adopt. Uh-huh. Um, and he happens to be their moral exemplar. Sure. And their kind of civic rallying points in their church going. But Jesus is one of many options. And if yours is Gandhi, if yours is Buddha, if yours is whatever, well, then be it. My point is that person isn't going to be the same kind of Christian or probably not a Christian at all in another 25 years. And not because they got cynical or whatever, it's just because it wasn't that important to begin with. And is your idea that that person will walk away from religion totally or that they will find a, another place to place that importance? I think to each their own. I just think it's going to keep evolving. But the reason it will keep evolving is not just because evolvement is healthy, but it's because they aren't really actually tethered to the thing they think they're tethered to. Well, and that is what, yeah, I think that's what I'm saying is like it'll be interesting to find out how we address that. Because I do think as a society, it's like... At least, like at the very least, if you're talking about societal whatever, like if you are completely saying like we're talking about a moral exemplar and that's all, like people are spiritual. Like they do have to have, they do have to be formed in a spiritual way. Yeah. And I think, um, I think some of what we're seeing in society currently is like people who have been either not completely unformed, formed by themselves, mm-hmm. or actively malformed um, mm. in in their spirit. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but okay, th- in their spirit. Right. So then this is, I, I agree with you. Okay. And I think, though, that um, this, like, civic religion is not going to have the tools to right. minister to people when they're really... Um, well-intended mm-hmm. 
ethical approach to civic engagement runs dry. And yeah. like this, this story is as old as law and grace, right? Right. This is old as Lutheranism. It's, it's rules are great, but a system whose goal is the rules will leave you as a dry well. Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. And that's, I, I think that's what's part of our work right now. I mean, as pastors and as the church is like, what is, you know, the message has, doesn't work anymore. And that's for a, a million, billion, jillion reasons. Right. That like our society is a different place than it's ever been. We are, at least certainly in the West, in America, I suppose, we are much more independent than we've ever been, less codependent on each other. And so I, I do think it's like, not to say that everyone will be compelled, but like, I, I, I mean, I think I'm of the belief that Christ is compelling. Like when you understand who Jesus Christ is and what the call is on your life, that is a compelling thing. And actually, interestingly, they talk about in Mars Hill, like the charge and the challenge is part of the thing that like grew it in the podcast. They talk about it. Mm. Um, but I, like, you know, I am, I believe that Jesus is compelling when you understand, but it's like how, for a society that has changed so drastically mm -hmm. in the past 150 years, mm -hmm. what, like, um, I, I think we, we, some of the work we are currently doing is like, how does this speak to that society? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause it's very different than just sort of a, a civic, like community experience. Um, I think for me the challenge is like how do you create a hunger in people who may not even realize they're yeah. supposed to be hungry yeah yes exactly I think that's yeah part of it which is also like some of that language sounds um, I also I just I guess want to say some of that language I think almost sounds manipulative but I want to be very careful to say that like um It's Bart, right, who said, like, the church's first word is not church, but God. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that, like, that um, any of that uh, depends on us in any way. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's, like, our creative work to be doing in this society and, like, as um, employees of the church or whatever. But it's not, I, like, I don't feel like if I don't do it, if I'm not the person who comes up with it, then, like, I've failed or anything. I in no way believe that, like, the church depends on our work. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, that's a good word. And that's the kind of reformed in Bart I can always find palatable. Yeah. Um, but then, if that's the case, <laughs> because this is not how I feel, I'm just going to throw out a phrase. Sure. Why is God working so lax in America? Ha <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, what a great question. Why is God's effort so lax in America? I mean, I could come up with reasons, but I don't know how to sound curmudgeon-y. <laughs> yeah. And also, yeah. I don't. 
I don't know that I believe that's the way God works in the world. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Yeah. I feel like lots of pauses in this one because we keep thinking about things. Those are some of the better conversations, I think. Yeah, I feel like that. Hey, you know what I always say? People don't want to know what you figured out. They want to know what you're figuring out. Ooh, that's interesting. (laughs) Thanks. Did you come up with that? I've said that about my preaching and what I get asked about over the years. (gasps) Wow, that's a good one. Thank you. Sure. I think that's true. I think that's true. Okay, we're at hour 20. Let's let's uh, wrap it up. Well, I liked this combo. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, we hope you guys liked this yeah, combo. If not, just cut out and come back next week. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.